You found it. The home of red-blooded American patriots. The Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner starts now. Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 117. And we have a little bit of a change for today. As you know, we had... um, we had Jake Lang scheduled to be on, but I don't know what happened with him. And, you know, I hope that he's okay. And I ask that everybody send their prayers. I don't know what's exactly happening there. So, um, but we are here today and I have a very special guest for you. And my guest is Andy Berger, who's been on the show before. Um, Andy, if you would just tell folks a little bit more about what your background is and we'll get started. Long before there was a term called human trafficking, I was actually trafficked by immediate and extended family members from the ages of six months to 17 years old. And Jeff, that was back in you know the early 60s and 70s, so uh, no one even talked about child abuse back then, let alone something you know even more hideous. So uh, by the time I was five, that was my first attempt at suicide. I just couldn't take the pain and no one heard the screams or the cries. There was just nowhere for a child to go. So, uh, and that's where God met me. And in that moment, uh, he basically told me that wasn't the plan he had for me. There was a future. So, um, fast forward to age 17 and that was the last time my birth mother tried to kill me. Well, that is not a great, a great, uh, history. I know that, um, we've talked about that a little bit before, but, uh, I, and pardon me, folks, I'm playing around with the screens here because I'm having a little bit of te- a technical issue, so uh, just bear with me on that. So, Andy, you are working tirelessly, and you have had a lot of new things develop since you've been on the show. Last time we talked about the magazine, for example, that uh, you now have up and going. And if you'd like to just tell folks what your life's passion is, now we know the reason for it, but what is your life's passion? and and uh, what are you doing for the for the cause? Absolutely. Uh, well, my calling, Jeff, is to try and make sure that no one ever goes through what I went through. And, of course, that seems like an insurmountable feat. But, you know, the next one person I can help save, rescue, or help recover, that's one more, right? It's kind of the old story about the starfish. It matters to that one that gets stuck in the water. And so... That's my passion is to get as much information out to the everyday listener, everyday viewer, people that, you know, maybe don't know what to think about this whole whole idea of sexual exploitation or human trafficking. And maybe they don't have great family backgrounds or they have great dysfunction. But um, if we can educate one more person, create greater awareness in one more community, we can prevent maybe the next victim from becoming a victim. And then for those who have been hurt from any trauma, it doesn't have to just be human trafficking or exploitation. Um, we want to be there. We, we want to help give resources so that they can recover, that they can get support as well, um, mentally, emotionally, physically, and otherwise, so that uh, they can move forward like I did and create a new normal um, that allows them to be productive and successful and actually even find happiness and joy. Well, that's awesome. We've, we've, had, uh, we've had some interactions. It's probably been over a year now, actually, I think, since we started talking. Um, but, um, we tell us about the magazine a little bit more and tell us about what your vision is for that. If you would, please. Yes, absolutely. Uh, voices of courage kind of came out of that, that, 
experience, one, running a shelter for 14 years, and then now Voices Against Trafficking for almost five, yes, five, wow, it adds up, or four, I should say, um, the people on the ground, the boots on the ground, what you're doing, you know, you're a voice of courage because you're putting this issue out there in front of the general public when it's not a very popular topic and people don't want to do that do that kind of thing. We don't want to talk about that um, or they don't believe it. So uh, the, the magazine celebrates the everyday heroes from all walks of life, why they do what they do, especially those that have been traumatized or hurt, and they still choose to move forward every single day. They still choose to try and help the next person not have to go through the pain they've gone through, and they still choose to help those in need uh, recover and move forward, taking the next step. So the magazine is mostly content, you know, very little advertisement, but basically stories from all over the world um, about the everyday heroes on the front lines for all human rights, that every human's rights are protected and are valued. The magazine's awesome. You actually gave me the honor of uh, writing an article for it, which will be in uh, the next issue, and I'm looking forward to that. It was a little difficult. It's yes. a little difficult for me to even share that, but... Um, you know, it's really the first time that I've talked about my own personal experiences. So if anybody's curious, you need to buy the magazine and check it out. And you can Absolutely. <laughs> it's going to come out in print in uh, July. It's our summer July issue, and it'll be national, international, online uh, publications, subscription services, uh, airlines, hotels, travel industry services, and uh, national retailers, uh, depending on where you live. But more importantly, you can go to the website, voicesofcourage.media, voicesofcourage.media. You definitely want to read Jeff's story. We don't want to blow uh, the, the, the big the big punchline, so we're not going to talk about <laughs> it, but we were so honored that you would participate. It takes a lot of courage to say what you said. And so I'm hoping all your listeners and viewers will definitely support you back by buying a copy of that and help us continue the work we're doing. Well, again, I appreciate the opportunity. And, folks, um, if there's anybody out there, if there's any cause out there that deserves your attention and that deserves your donations, it is this cause. It is the cause that uh, helps heal children and adults alike that have gone through these terrible experiences. And, uh, you know, I can't say that enough. And it's my honor to actually do this show. And right now, you know, this show today is a... (laughs) is a little bit uh, challenging because I have I actually ordered a cord so that I could use my phone to go into my soundboard. It hasn't arrived yet, so I'm holding my phone up. Everybody's probably looking at me saying, what the heck's going on? What are you doing? <laughs> then I have the technical difficulty, so I apologize for all that. But that said, what is so cool about doing this show is I get the opportunity to, to meet people like Andy, to promote the good in the world, the light in the world. We're facing some terrible times today in these days and especially for parents and we're going to talk about that um but here is here is a a moment to support the light and that is what i really urge you to do so um we will have andy give those websites again at the end of the show so if you have to get something to write it down please grab something to write it down because we're going to share those again but um so today's mother's day and happy mother's day to all the moms out there and Um, I really want to focus today on what the challenges are for parents, but more specifically moms. How, how do you feel things have changed, Andy, for moms in the, in the past decade, probably? What do you, what do you have to say about that? 
Oh my goodness. You know, my husband and I, as you know, we had a shelter called Beulah's Place for 14 years and we rescued or assisted in rescuing over 300 at-risk homeless teenagers. Now, a lot of people say, oh, they're rebellious or they're runaways. Well, they, some of them were uh, runaways because what was happening at home was worse than what they thought was on the street. All of that to say, not every uh, person has a great mom or a great dad. Not every person has that you know, uh, Sunday dinner kind of family experience. And so uh, I think right now moms are a little bit under attack in some ways because it's not uh, popular, it's not cool to be a mom, one that either stays at home or a mom that's working. They're kind of getting hit both ways. And so I think that's one thing, too. I don't think there's a lot of support uh, for traditional parenting, to be honest. And so whether mom homeschools or, you know, maybe she's got, you know, a few kids and because of the economy, she's got to work a part-time job or a full job and do extra stuff on the side. A lot of people in home-based businesses now because they're just trying to get that extra dollar. And so, you know, moms are the nurturers. And when mom's exhausted and stressed and feeling like uh, she's not uh, appreciated or valued because for being a mother, okay, now, I didn't have that experience, but what I did have uh, a few years back was the experience of becoming an official mom to one of the girls we rescued uh, about nine years ago, and so we, without having the official title of mom, mothered her from the time she came to our shelter two days after her 18th birthday all the way through until she asked us, would you please adopt me, you know? I want you to be my official family. And wow. so I was just as excited as if I had given birth. I was running through Safeway buying flowers and a cake when we went to the attorneys to sign the papers. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm adopting a daughter today. And it was just at 60, you know, that that's a big <laughs> deal. And so um, that, that was just so exciting. But here's the thing I learned, Jeff, if anything, with all those kids. The one thing a mother needs to do is to love unconditionally. Even when kids, older kids, in between kids, younger kids make poor decisions or things happen, it doesn't mean there's no structure or consequences for actions, but we chose to love without judgment as we took these kids in and helped them stabilize and get back into a community, which we did successfully for a very long time. But the other thing, too, is to be open to conversations, to have conversations, whether it's about human trafficking or the things that are a little sideways today in, in terms of let's not police you, but let's protect you and let's talk about it as a family. And usually the mom is the one that opens or should be opening those conversations because she generally spends more time with the kids on the emotional level. doesn't mean dads don't. It just means that if you take the day and break it down, that's what we saw. Well, sure. And that's... You know, at the risk of uh, it, some folks' wrath out there, which, you know, if they disagree, that's fine. They're entitled to their opinion. But, sure. I mean, there there really is something to what you just said. And at the beginning what you just said, you made the comment, the moms are the nurturers. And, you know, whether the leftists out there like it or not, the fact is that that is by nature. That is just part of the fabric of the the female gender. And... Whether they like to hear it or not, that's the truth. But are are dads capable of being nurturing? Sure. Absolutely. But a lot of great single dads out there, a lot of great dads that 
dad or married a lot of great dads in general. Absolutely. And and here's the thing. It's something that's a choice. Uh, I think it, it is innate to an extent, but you can also choose that because I, my husband and I lost our son in miscarriage, you know, like 18 years ago. You cannot tell me there was no life in me because I still think of him every day. I still grieve every day. And then when we adopted Allison, it was like, She's always been my child. There was never a break. And okay, now officially I'm a mom, and you know I get to do the mom stuff. No, I was doing. I was loving her. I was coaching her. I was guiding her the whole time. So I was mom. I just didn't have the official title, right? Right. right. And and Ed was dad. Ed was her dad from the day pretty much she met him. He was the only male role model she had in her whole life. So I don't want to. I don't want to turn. Um... To, to being a, kind of a sad conversation, but as a matter of inspiration, what did you do to help her through the difficult times that she had? How, what First of all, what was her, and I know you personally experienced the same thing, and uh, uh-huh. but what was her um, demeanor, uh, attitude, um, sure. what, and how did you how did you help her through it? Well, first off, her biological parents, the the birth father was the one who violated her at a very early age, four or five years old, and uh, the mother finally divorced him. He was uh, a religious leader in the community, and it was very difficult. Um, the, The birth mother became a raging alcoholic, okay, so she didn't really have a lot of focus on her daughter in those, uh, say, 10, 11, 12-year-old years uh, into high school. And so uh, mom finds a new boyfriend and spends six days of the week with him and leaves uh, now our daughter home for six days a week with frozen food in the freezer, uh, you know, frozen dinners to eat, and no supervision, right? No no nurturing until she tried to take her life a couple of times, and then the mother would come home for a couple of days. Okay, and that was it. But, yeah, this girl still managed to keep a 3.2 GPA in high school. She rehabbed herself off of drugs because after a while, after a couple of years of this behavior from the mother, you know, somebody invited her to a party. Imagine that. Hey, we're going to have fun, and you're going to be able to forget your pain and all of that. But she wouldn't have chosen that otherwise. So that's how she started. And when she came to us, she hadn't eaten for a couple days. She was living in a communal um stop here for a night pay a hundred bucks you can sleep on the floor with somebody else type of thing and she was at the end of her rope and she was suicidal again and Mm. so from that moment she called i knew that i wanted that girl i wanted her to be part of our life and i wanted to help her and what we did like we did with many was we structured here here's what we need from you in order to stay here in our short-term safe house shelter system and we, we had a contract, and they were legal adults, so they all had to sign. You have to finish high school, and you have to, whether it's GED or, you know, graduation with a diploma type thing, um, and you have to get and maintain a viable job because the goal is to get them out, get them up and successful. But did she have struggles? Sure, she went up and down. She lost her sobriety a number of times, but she'd go back, you know, and continue the AA meetings and things. She had a really hard time, but she chose because she felt she had people vested in her. She felt that um, we weren't going anywhere, and that's the one thing we told every one of the kids we rescued. We are not going anywhere. If you choose to have us in your life, we'll be there as long as you want us to. 
And so our first leg of the journey was uh, convincing her that she could finish high school at any age, and she did at 20 uh, through independent studies. But it was more like, well, I I may just finish this, and then I'm going to take my life, right? A lot of testing because she just had been disappointed so many times. And we continued to meet her where she was at, but to also keep the structure of what we expected in place. That's awesome. So she obviously responded well to everything that you, you've done. Um, you had mentioned that also that you were in the same situation. You were adopted as an adult. How, yes. how old were you when that happened? <laughs> well, I, let's see. That was a week before my husband and I got engaged. So I'm going to say it was 50-something at this point. <laughs> well, that's really, um, that's really cool, though. I mean, you... It is. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I get excited because people say, well, why would you do that? Uh, Actually, it's probably, uh, actually, no, you know what? I was closer to 40. So um, one of the things is it really helped for females that still carry a maiden name, right, from the family before. If your family is the one that were the predators and the evildoers in your life, every time you have to put your maiden name on a bank, you know, application, mortgage, whatever, it just brings that up. I graduated law school with that name, right? It was horrible because I I just wanted a different name. I just wanted to separate. So for me, it was part of healing. And because I had met um, one of my best friends, people said, oh, you look like sisters, you know, your mom should adopt Andy. And and so we kind of joked about it. But then they said, hey, if you want us to adopt you, we'd be happy to have you in our family. We want you to have someone to bring your future husband home to. And that's exactly what happened. So nine and a half months after Ed proposed to me, um, I was legally adopted. I had a new birth certificate with the, the name, the maiden name of some uh, of a mother who was honorable, who was God-believing, God-fearing, who believed that I was I was good and that she was proud of me and all those things I never had. And so it just made me happy. It helped the healing process. And then when Allison asked us, you know, to adopt her, it was more because once she knew us, she watched us for a lot of years before she made that decision. And she saw how real we were, that we didn't pull any punches, how compassionate we were, and she saw how I lived my life forward despite all of my adversity. And and that's, you know, even without the heart attacks and the liver failure and, you know, all the other surgeries and things that I had to have because of some of the abuse I went through. And so with all of that, she wanted a real family unit. And that's what we provided. So for those out there who think, oh, well, they're 20-something, they don't need anything. Yes, everyone needs to belong. Everyone needs to feel like they're chosen, that that they're worthy of being uh, in a community, in a family. That's awesome. So where do people go to find that type of uh, situation where they can do the same thing and adopt somebody who's been through this terrible experience and... What is there anything additional involved in it when they're a minor? Well, as a minor, yes, there would be a lot of things, although um, there's a lot of freedom these days, it seems, being given to teenagers who can't vote or drive, but yet they can make major decisions that are permanent in their life. But at the time I did that, and at the time we adopted our daughter, she was a legal adult. But for the minors, um, usually each state has rules about emancipation. 
And then from there, if once it's uh, confirmed or rather once it's legal, I believe that the teen could be adopted by anyone. And there are a lot of folks that take in kids regularly. I have another friend who's a construction owner. He and his wife have taken in like eight kids and they officially adopted two of them in their 20s as well because after so many years, that was their family. And so it just made sense and they were willing to do it. And honestly, it's not about the finances. It's not like these kids are trying to, you know, to gold dig or anything like that. It's about having enough love in your heart to say, I could love one more. You know, I could love someone, you know, who just needs to feel like they matter in life, right? And give right. them a little guidance. Right. Right. So does did your did your husband have um what was his adjustment like in, in this and what what did he what did he think about everything? Oh, he loved it. I mean not not the fact that these kids have been hurt, but every time, you know, we would release or uh one of the kids would would do what they needed to do to go independent successfully. Uh, there would be this little lull of, oh, we have the house back. And then after about a week or so, gosh, I'm kind of missing not having a kid. And he, he, he struggled with them for them because as a moral man, you know, a faith and as a hard worker and as someone who came from a better family in terms of more beaver cleaver, they, they were poor, but they didn't know it. The, you know, mom right. and dad always loved them, but they were firm, you know. So this was all new to him when he married me. But then these kids, he really saw that they just needed modeling. They needed uh, consistent role modeling, but they also needed real people, not people that acted like everything was okay every day. Um, and if there was a challenge that they knew it wasn't because of them. So uh, he really took to the dad role very easily. That's awesome. So it sounds like quite an experience. Do you have a, a, a favorite story you'd like to share about your, maybe the first time where, you know, you really, after the adoption, where you really felt like, hey, that was a mom moment. Yes, I well, there have been quite a few, but I think um, probably the first Mother's Day, which there have been four now, and the first Mother's Day, it was very cool because she drove quite a long way to surprise me, but I didn't know that she left this huge, like a four-foot Hallmark card, <laughs> you know, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> With beautiful flowers and beautiful days, all that stuff. But then there was this little one, and that was probably um, as meaningful as anything she could have done. And in it, it and the and the the card, the littler card said, "Strong mothers raise strong daughters." Wow. And I thought, wow, if that's what I have passed on, if that's what I gave her, you know. And like Ed said, he said. You've been her mom. You've done all the nurturing and all the stuff. You know, she grew up at age 18 because of what we were able to do for her. But now it's a that, that solidified adult-child-to-mom relationship. And so I, I love that. You know, strong parents raise strong children. Yeah. If we weak, if we waffle, if we let them have their way all the time, if we don't put the time and the work in, why would they? Why would our children do that? Right, right. Let me ask you, um, I have a graphic on now that's showing this little girl with a bunch of question marks over her head. And it seems you you kind of um, skirted the issue, but it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on. Well, it doesn't seem it. There is a lot of stuff going on 
without the parents' knowledge today, and schools yeah. and schools have become really the parents' enemies. So, what do you have to say about that? The hypersexualization in school and and uh, everything else that kids are learning. Right. Well, didn't mean to skirt. I just wasn't sure how much time we have. But uh, two things. First of all, Voices Against Trafficking is is non political. It's about right versus wrong, not right versus left. Okay. So here's here's my lead in. Any any agenda, any social organization, any leadership entity. That takes away the innocence of a child. Again, whether it doesn't have to be by physical assault, it can be by the pushing agenda, pushing doctrine, uh, without allowing the parent to have age-appropriate conversations, without involving the parent. In fact, in the issue that your article is in, we're going to have a big story about what the educational system drove a 15-year-old to do, um, and so because of. Uh, targeting, discrimination, other things. It was just before all of this came out, you know, whether it's gender or not. Here's here's Andy's simple belief. If you have a child or you're planning to have a child or there is a child in your care of any kind, let them be a child. Let them learn and explore and play and experience things at an age-appropriate uh, time in their life before pushing an adult agenda before without excluding parents because... Uh, follow the money, follow the money, follow the reasons why all of this is happening, and it will make more sense to folks. If people knew what was happening, and as much as I want to talk about this issue that's coming up in the third issue of our magazine, I need to wait, (laughs) but it is explosive. People will not believe what is happening uh, to their children. So uh, we're going to wait on that, but back to your question, yes. Anything, whether it's um, advertisement on a six-month-old onesie, do you think that child really is cognizant of what's on their on their little onesie outfit? No, it's the parents. Why are you buying that stuff? Why are you Why are you propagating that messaging? So if we accept it and we do nothing, then it's our fault. Okay, the kids who can't drive, they can't vote, they can't drink, but yet they're somehow allowed to make life-altering decisions. I don't understand that part. So, again, taking the innocence away, putting so much pressure on kids to be like something someone else has decided for them. And guess what, Jeff? Those people are adults. They've already had their childhood. So why are they taking other, other kids' chance to have a childhood? And the parents are not the enemy. The parents want the best, for the most part, for their kids. They expect the school system, they expect the healthcare system to work in favor of their children's rights, of their rights. And again, when the rights are interrupted of the parents, that interrupts the parenting. Right. You know, I know you don't. You don't want to be political, but obviously my show is, and I, so I will say this, and it's entirely. Uh, you know my my opinion, and that is, folks. If you if you really think about the things right now that are of major concern, and this the the things that we have going on in our society, like males in female sports, or um, tr- the trans issue, or uh, the trans going into the girls' bathrooms, or you know the the the, the destruction of the family, the nuclear family. Um, the types of books that are in the schools that we see and, you know, they're teaching, you know, uh, according to their own um, uh, academia, the curricula, 
you know, they're talking between up to the age of four where they're going to introduce kids to, you know, the, the sexual parts of their body and masturbation and the whole idea. And so you got you have to ask yourself politically, folks, is which side of the aisle has really pushed this? Which side of the aisle is, is actually intolerant and taking the parents' rights away? Which side of the aisle is behaving like a kid who has a book of matches and uh, lit a fire that got out of control? And what do they do? They hide the matches from their parents. Well, th- these people are burning down the lives of our kids. And you have to understand that this is just one of many, many issues where your votes not only have uh, consequences, they have you know, catastrophic consequences. So, Absolutely. so just I ask people to think about that. And and you know, when when you have a child like the one that's on my screen with the question marks, who answers those question marks? Who answers those questions? Um, right now, if you're a busy parent that has fallen into, you know, the the current American way of life, um, nothing is worth what you're doing if you're not being the person that your child goes to for these questions, these answers to these questions. So I just wanted to make that point. Um, let's yes. let's talk, though, about um, moms in general. And we've talked a little bit about now about some of the challenges they face, but what today are benefits that the moms have that maybe they didn't have in past generations? Same with good foster parents. I'm qualifying that. 
good foster parents. Same with good uh, grandparents that have to step in and raise a second set of kids sometimes. But for the moms, kudos to you for being good. And for the moms that maybe didn't have good examples, you can still choose to be a good mom. You can still choose to do the right things for your child, even if it doesn't look like the other moms. Well, very well said. I'm going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Andy, so stay tuned. After we watched our daughter Grace die on FaceTime, I... Uh, immediately felt that I needed to go to the hospital, though I was still pretty sick. And I met Jessica and our pastor there. And um, while we were in the room, we, Jessica and I let us spend a few moments just with Grace alone. And it was, it was just a horrific um, sight to come upon. It was the fact that our daughter Grace was now gone. Um, the emotions that came over the top of our, our minds and our, just our physical bodies were just unbelief. We, uh, we took her BiPAP box, it was still on. This was hope and prayers that somehow she wasn't really gone. And as soon as we did that, the color of grace changed. And um, we had to accept that she was truly gone. Not one person stepped foot in that room. How can you do that? How can you allow an innocent person, a child, she's only 19 years old, die in front of your eyes? You don't do that. If you're human, you don't do that. They knew they weren't going to convince us to put Grace on a ventilator. That means the money was going to dry up. They had to have the money. And when you follow the money trail all the way through, you see that a ventilator is about a $300,000 decision. That they had higher paying patients in the emergency room. Grace was worth more dead than alive. We don't just need food, we need to eat food with a high nutritional value. Who wants to just survive food shortages? Let's thrive in times of adversity and lack. Optimize your daily nutrition and ensure you and your family have our two-year shelf-stable kingdom fuel as a cornerstone of your emergency food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on kingdom fuel now. We're about news, commentary, conversations, truth, liberty, and God. We stand for American values and our flag. We believe that the Constitution is a document that fortifies rights already given to us by our Creator. We will not apologize for our love of God and country, ever. 
We are Right America Media. Coming to you from the land of common sense and American pride. Not a unicorn or rainbow in sight. Welcome back to the Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner. Welcome back to the show. I have Andy Berger on the line with me. And we just took a little bit of a break. We were talking in the middle of the break. And... We were talking about um, what those people who really don't have a mom in their life or um, those people who maybe uh, particularly uh, respect a mom that's out there, how, how, can they, uh, how can they find a support mechanism, what they can do to support, what can they do to support moms out there that they may know that are doing a, a particularly good job? thing that um, I tell my youngest daughter a lot is I talk about the past and I talk about the the bad things about technology, you know, the bad things about cell phones, the bad things about um, about technology in general, what we've lost. And we can all, those of us that are old enough, remember, you know, three channels on the TV, no cable, writing letters. Right. And those those letters were the most meaningful thing. You waited for them. And, you know, it taught you patience because you, right, you would wait, you'd have something physical in your hand that somebody took the time to fill out and write to you. Absolutely. So one of the things that um, both uh, me and and Grace's mom uh, 
did on a regular basis, more so when she was younger, but even today, is to just write a quick note, throw it in the lunch the lunch box for school, you know, something like that, that really goes a long way. And, you know, just because you grow up, it doesn't mean that you outgrow that, right? So right. those kindnesses that you're talking about certainly certainly are impactful. So if um, if you're if you're watching the show and you know you haven't done something like that uh, in a while, do that and just sit back and enjoy it because it's going to be appreciated. So. Absolutely, even cherish, and you never know when that will make the the moment that that mom, you know, just relishes the fact that she is a mom and and to enjoy it. You know, and to yes, there's frustrations, there's a lot of work, but that's you know, if we bear humans or we adopt humans or we are temporarily acting in that capacity as mom or grandma, then those things mean a lot. I will tell you, it, I never realized how important it was to have a meal brought over or sent over as I did um, you know, from an accident, but let alone when I had kids here and sometimes we had 16 teenagers live with us on and off during our shelter years. And so sometimes wow. I was so exhausted uh, and somebody would just say, hey, you know what, I have extra dinner. Can I bring some over? Because I know you and Ed have, uh, have a kid or two in your house. Like, sure, that'd be great. It was amazing. So uh, the small things just matter a lot. They do, and especially these days, um, with everything that's going on, I think it's probably the most challenging time in history that the not just our country, but the, the entire citizenry of the earth uh, has faced because of this globalist threat. It's the first threat in in our, the history of the planet of a globalist takeover, of a global takeover. Even going back to some of the hostile uh, government, governments, you know, whether it's communism or fascism or Nazi socialism, um, you know, that that threat was was contained it that threat was in a certain geographical area this is not so parents have never been more important and you never know when your time is up and i want to share this story um in my neighborhood this week um there was uh, a woman who worked at the same place i worked at when i was um you know in in the corporate world and before god brought me to this in the she had a full year fighting cancer. She had a double mastectomy. Um, I would see her out walking. She's got a couple little kids, a boy and a girl. She's just a couple houses down from me. So she beats cancer. She, you know, was on uh, was on the path. Um, and they drive to Milwaukee and they go to dinner as a family. And she falls down the steps and breaks her neck. Oh no. And after a year fighting cancer, she had this this accident out of the blue, you know, obviously. And they had to they put her on life support and they they let her pass Friday. And oh, gosh. and those two little kids, you know, they had some time with her and they'll probably remember her. But now that role, that mom role, is is absent. So my point is this. That, you know, again, you don't know when your time is up. So this is the most important role you have uh, as a mom or as a dad, if you're out there. Um, it's not about buying the new Mercedes or buying a bigger house or taking a big, huge vacation that, you know, you got to compete with the Joneses over. 
it's about this this stuff. This is what matters. This is the legacy. So I have this picture up that I posted earlier on Facebook or uh, Facebook on social media, and it says, "In these eyes, you see the future." And it's a mom with her baby looking over her uh, her mom's shoulder. It says. Uh, so it, uh, then I say we are we are fond of saying you can be anything you want to be, but we are wrong. It is up to us to set the stage to provide the freedoms for such opportunity. That is why we must fight to leave a legacy of freedom for them, the kids, as they are defenseless for much of their journey. Fight for freedom as if their lives depend on it, because they do. So please take that to heart, and please. Uh, as as a mom or as a dad out there, um, question your priorities, right? And um, absolutely, there's nothing more there's nothing more important than that. So I thank you very much for spending your time and taking time away from your Mother's Day to be here to talk to to other moms and to talk to me. It's it's an honor to have you on. Uh, oh, yes, it's an honor to be here. Absolutely, I'm happy to. Uh, I hope it's been. Uh, productive for those that are listening and watching because it is a it is a great thing to do well thank you again and i want you to if you have any closing thoughts to share those with us and then please be sure to uh, you know talk about the uh, websites that uh, people can go to for the magazine and for for your other efforts if you would please sure yes um voices against trafficking.com that's voices against trafficking.com uh, people can go and get helplines and hotlines even if it's not regarding trafficking we have suicide helpline we have alcohol and other addiction hotlines we have everything on there so put those in your phone today if that's all you do that's a gift in and of itself so you're prepared um, and then voices of courage media m-e-d-i-a voices of courage media is where you can uh, get the digital or print copy ordered for the first debut magazine issue, which is still out there. So we encourage people to do that. It helps us keep what we're doing going. And then we will also uh, later this year have a television show uh, that we're going to do a pilot for that will be broadcast over Roku. But uh, we're so grateful to listeners and viewers who help us. Um, Everything that supports our 501c3 supports another victim. It supports preventing victims and also helping those get through recovery. Again, no, thank you so much. I I did um, get a copy of the first magazine. I would just say that these magazines are very, very high quality. So <laughs> it's not like your typical uh, magazine in the rack as you're checking out the grocery store. I mean, it's very good quality paper. It's a very nice magazine. So um, it, it'll be something that you can keep. So check, the, check out those addresses. I will put them in the description below as well. And uh, Andy, hang on the phone just for a minute longer. I'm going to go to a break, and then we'll be right back after this.
world is full of electromagnetic fields that even though we can't see them, are affecting our bodies, our sleep, and even our ability to think clearly. The advent of 5G is only making this worse. There is an answer. Visit Fix the World by clicking the link in the Patriot Review show description below to view natural products that can actually protect you from EMF and 5G and even improve your sleep. Skeptical? Get the free Dangers of EMF Radiation ebook free by clicking on its direct link also in the show description. You can also learn more by watching episode 62 of the Patriot Review. Hey Patriots, it's Jeff Wagner. I love my pillow products. I use them. I can say that they are simply the best quality that you will find anywhere. And you can help us all out, all Patriots, including Mike Lindell, and our mission to restore America by going to MyPillow.com today and using code TPR. That stands for the Patriot Review, so it's easy to remember. TPR. Save up to 66%. You can also order by calling 800-519-9927. Again, that's 800-519-9927. Thank you and God bless. Ignore the thought police and subscribe or follow the Patriot Review. It's your patriotic duty. just got off the phone talking to a friend of mine who lives in California and the same problems that are happening in New York they're happening in California they're happening in America they're happening throughout the entire world our children are being destroyed and manipulated and we are losing our children children are no longer talking to their parents they're putting drugs before their parents They're putting outside bad influence before their parents. Uh, The devil has gotten a hold of our children, and we need to bring God back. God needs to be first. We need to instill faith in our children's lives, and we need to have faith that God will save us from what's happening in today's world. And it's sad that our leaders that are supposed to be protecting us, they're putting money and power before our children and our country. So it's up to us to stand up and defend and protect. Our children are worth fighting for and our country is worth fighting for. Never give up and never give in. God bless. That was Ola Hawatma, who I have on uh, on occasion, and she's kind enough to send me those videos. And um, she is another tireless, tireless woman who... Um, isn't necessarily working on the um, the the same issues as Andy, but both of them are are equally uh, fierce as far as fighting for what they believe in. And Ola is on 
LinkedIn primarily. I mentioned that last week, I think. Um, so check the, check her out on LinkedIn. Uh, she has a lot of followers, and she uh, she will continue to be seen here. And she does those short video segments. That one very timely, dealing with children. And she's absolutely right that the the children are you know being taken from us and being manipulated. That's that's the best word. And their beliefs. You know, the first indication of this was Al Gore. Do you remember back when um, the 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 big the big lie one of the real big lies was the whole inconvenient truth or whatever the heck it was where he was caught telling kids recorded telling kids at a school that you know the parents don't know what they're talking about and don't listen to your parents and it's up to you to educate your parents and and then there was Hillary's you know it takes it takes a village or community or whatever she said that was where they really started to try to pull away you know who should be the primary influence over the parents. And um, all of this is by design, and it's it's uh, you know it's something that they've basically been circling the mountain to reach the top, and and now we're shocked by what we see. Well, those people who were warning us long long ago had it right, and that's typical. You know, when you chip away at the freedoms of a, of your country, um, you, you end up suddenly waking up and there are more and more people waking up whether it's the covid vaccine or the covid the whole covid pandemic or you know it's um it's the biden crime family or it's the fact that we have a uniparty and um for me personally that has become more and more evident over the past few years and that is why you hear me criticize the left but i also criticize the right and particularly the rhinos uh, because they don't they don't reflect their constituents values and i don't think the left probably does either the extreme left in, in particular and uh, bobby kennedy coming into the 2024 race really is the first real liberal that has been in the presidential race since jfk in my opinion um you're free to share your opinion you can obviously do that uh on the so on the social media sites and the stream sites that uh, this is on. You can also email me at uh, redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com, and I appreciate you very much. One of the things that you can do is on Frank Speech or Frank Social exclusively is go premium for three bucks a month, and for doing that, you basically will have access to a monthly Q and A with me on Zoom. You'll have subscriber-only special stories. You'll have behind-the-scenes Patriot Review content. You have early access to my pro-America and pro-Christian films by my production company, America First Productions. Um, and, of course, you, you'll see those before anyone else. So three bucks a month, you can't beat it. It's not going to last forever. The whole thing is new on Frank Social, the whole premium uh, content side. I was fortunate enough, I think one of ten, to actually be um, honored and be able to offer it. So right now, since it's so new, you know, I am building up content on it. And um, I also would love to hear what kinds of things you'd like to see. So if you're a premium member and you have comments on, you know, what what's the next documentary topic? What what kind of things do you want to, the show to cover? You know, um, certainly, certainly I would love to exchange those ideas with you. Um, I also know, and I don't know that I'm supposed to announce it, but... Um, I also know that um, 
the whole communication side of Frank Social is going to is going to grow and exceed some of the more more uh, well known, I would say at this point, well known social media channels like uh, Gitter. So Frank Social is my favorite, without a doubt. I actually have a voice. I get a voice in what's happening, and uh, I really appreciate that voice. So. Um, also, if you want to head to America First Productions, you will be able to buy the Breaking the Oath um, Editor's Edition. That you can pre-order right now, and it's on AmericaFirstProductions.com slash Breaking the Oath. You'll see it, and you'll, you'll be able to go to the, uh, the pricing page and check, check out uh, the subscription there and read what you get for that. So it's greatly appreciated if you do that. Um, if you want to buy gold or silver or get some free financial advice, go to kirkelliotphd.com slash the Patriot Review slash. Make sure you put that last slash in there or you'll end up just basically doing a search. Also, another uh, sponsor is the uh, is Mark Sherwood, Dr. Sherwood. Go to sherwood.tv slash TPR and you can get discounts on all kinds of really great products there as well. So I encourage you to do that. Breaking the Oath, next Sunday I will not have a show because Breaking the Oath is premiering in the theater that day. So what I will do is I will uh, share some of that event when I come back the following Sunday. Um, Breaking the Oath, uh, as I said, the director's edition is out there. But the original um, the original documentary will be out the 22nd, so that's Monday. Tomorrow there will be a press release. I'll post that press release. You can use your um, phone to scan the QR code there on screen, and you'll be able to to get to the director's edition to order that. So um, I greatly appreciate everything that you do for me, and I appreciate having you follow me. And uh, it's been a pleasure, it's been a joy, and I look forward to I look forward to more shows with you and growing the base. And uh, I just want to say thank you so much, and God bless you all. We'll see you again in a couple weeks.